0: Hello, and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Today is Tuesday, which means it is the third day since we started saying Slichos. I mentioned the other day, we began saying Slichos on Motzei and we will continue doing so through the end of Yom Kippur. Now, on Sunday, I mentioned that the most important part of Slichos is the section that we identify as the Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim, where we go through the various attributes that the Torah uses to describe the methods, the ways in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with mankind, and specifically, the way he interacts with us at times that we sin. And we explain briefly how this is such an important and key component to the Slichos experience. I'd like to focus this morning on a different aspect of Slichos, perhaps what we would say is the second most important component of Slichos, and that is the Vidui, also known as confession. We recite the Viduyim, the confessions, in the uh, Ashamnu paragraphs three times throughout. This period of uh, this period before Rosh Hashanah, during the Asarosimet Shuvah, and then of course on Yom Kippur, we are going to introduce a whole new section of Vidui known as the Alchets, and we say Vidui confession. Hopefully, in a sincere way, we stand before our Kaddish Baruch Hu not just saying words. You'll forgive me, not just lip service. Uh, in fact, one of the Alchets that we say on Yom Kippur is We recognize that there are certain sins that we are committing at the time that we are saying Vidui which is quite quite an ironic twist of a confession. But the point is that we recognize that even our recitation of vidui is something which is complicated. And so therefore we need to try to think long and hard about what it means to properly confess. What should my state of mind, my state of heart being at this time? But I want to focus on one particular aspect of vidui, something that we've all done thousands and thousands of times. And I wonder whether we think about it enough. We know that when we say vidui, ideally a person is standing up with their head and perhaps their upper body slightly bowed in a state of submission, I take my hand and we call it clapping achet. I go ahead and I gently strike the left side of my chest over my heart. That's the way vidoy is recited. Uh, Hopefully, when we recite vidoy, it is done in a manner in which it doesn't look like a person is pounding away at uh, 10 claps per second. But regardless of how many times a person is going to clap within any given second or minute, the idea is that if we go again and again and again, with each word, every time we are reciting a separate confession, we go ahead and we clap our hearts. Now, the question I want to ask this morning is, why is it that we clap al on our hearts? Why don't we, bear with me for a moment, clap al heads on our head? Why don't we go like this? For those of you who can see me right now, I'm actually going and knocking on my head. And when you think about it, Often in life, not because we are instructed to do so, this is just almost sort of part of human nature, when I realized that I made a mistake, when I forgot to do something that was very important, when I had intended to do something and instead I messed it up and did something else, very often what we do is we take our hands and we go, oh no, what was I thinking? We just naturally raise our hand to our head and we say, oh no, what was I thinking? It would be very unusual, very unusual for a person to say, oh no, what was I thinking, and take their hand and strike their heart. In fact, the only time we see that, to my knowledge, is when we are in shul saying vidui. But the normal reaction that we have in situations when we are frustrated with ourselves, with decisions that we have made, with our forgetfulness, with our negligence, we will go ahead and gently, hopefully, clap ourselves on the head and say, what was I thinking? Oh no, oh no. And here when we say vidui, we do it differently. We clap our cheit we pound ourselves, again, gently on the chest. Why are we doing that way? Why are we going ahead and clapping al Khait on our hearts? So I think there's great value in just asking this question. I'm going to suggest, and I don't think it's anything so profound and so deep. In fact, I think that if you're listening to the question already, you are probably one or two steps ahead of me. But I do think that there's value in just thinking about this and trying to internalize a little bit about the message about what we do as we recite the al Because let's be honest, it's Tuesday. We're going to be saying Slichos, we're going to be saying Viduyim over the course of the next several weeks, hundreds of times. I'll let you do the math. Thousands of times. How many times are we going to take our hand and clap our on our chest? And we should ask ourselves at least once or twice, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? So I want to direct your attention to a medrash. It's too long for me to read to you right now. I wouldn't do that to you because I don't think I would hold you. But there is a medrash in Kohelis Rabbah in the first section where the medrash identifies uh, I didn't count, but you'll take my word for it. It looks like it's close to 50. That's 50 examples of how the word lave, heart, is used throughout Tanakh. So, for example, I'll just start you off. The Medrash says, "Ala ani Says the Medrash, the heart sees. HaLev shomeya, the heart hears, as the pasuk says, shomeya." HaLev the lave the heart speaks, as the pasuk says, heart ani." im and then the measure continues Halev which means the heart walks nofel the heart falls Halev ome the heart stands halav sameach the heart is glad and happy Halev the heart cries out the heart can be consoled and so the measure continues with each and every one of these references associating with, with a different Pasuk. It's absolutely fascinating. Chazal, we're able to go ahead and look throughout Tanakh and show how many times, dozens of times, the Torah identifies, or the Psukim identify the heart with a different human experience. In other words, when we say "lave," when we say heart, we mean a lot more than just the cardiac muscle that's in our chest, which pumps blood and circulates blood throughout our body. We are referring to something which metaphorically represents every part of our existence, but primarily the emotional part of our existence, not necessarily the part of our existence that is is identified with seichel, or what we would say sort of wisdom and intellect. Let's just ask a very basic question. Why do we sin? Why do people sin? So that's a simple question, but it's definitely not, there's no simple answer. It's hard to really know and maybe depend on the particular circumstances, each and every individual may find him or herself in certain situations where there may be different motivations to sin. But I'll tell you, the Gemara says, I believe it's in the name of Reish Lakish, It's a Gemara in the beginning of Sota. A person does not sin unless there's when what's called a Ruach that has entered his mind or his heart. There must have been a Ruach which means there was a moment in which he allowed his guard to drop and something, some some almost like uh, some force came over him, possessed him, and allowed him to do something which really, really, at the end of the day, is self-destructive, something that is really not working for me. It's really not in my best interest. It doesn't reflect my true desire, my true ratzon, which is to be close to the Rabbanu Shalolam. And therefore, Chazal say, Ein Adam chote, Im kain, bo I would not have allowed myself to sin were it not for the fact that there was a Ruach shtos, that I allowed to get the better of me, to seduce me, through a, a process of pito yalev. And it's absolutely incredible if we stop for a moment, or maybe just slow down, I would say, when we daven, and think about how many references there are throughout the davening, in all sections of davening, to the concept of lev, to the concept of heart. And Shema alone, if you think about how many references there are, from the very beginning, the to ashashem lo kecha b'chol levavcha, u'lyavdao b'chol levavchem, and I'm using Kriya Shema as an example. Look for yourself throughout the entire Davening, de Zimra, and beyond. There are numerous references to lave. And my intention this morning is really to give you food for thought, rather than wrap this up in a very nice package in which everything makes perfect sense, but to think about the fact that when we recite the Vidoi, We are not hitting our head, because more often than not, it's actually not our mind that is bringing us towards sin. It is not that we sit down and we make a conscious thought to go ahead and to violate the Ratzon of Hashem, but what we do is we do allow our hearts to be too easily swayed. We allow them to become too easily seduced by whatever it is that is trying to capture our attention and our interest. As we say in the Shema, one of the most famous questions that's asked on the Pazuk is we see first and only afterwards do we feel in our hearts. So it should say the other way around. But one of the answers that is given in many different forms by many, many of the Mepharshim is that it starts with the lave. I have a chem I have a certain desire. I have a certain interest. I have a certain Tive of a And from that comes the susceptibility, the vulnerability by which my eyes then go ahead and become naturally attracted to things around me. And so therefore, when we recite the vidui, when we say the ashamna, when we say the Alchetz, throughout this time of year, and again and again and again and again, we clap Alchetz on our hearts, we should pay attention to that. We should remind ourselves, as Reish Lakish teaches, in Adam Chote, nichnas bo Ruach Shtos, that there's a certain Alchetz that we allow to enter our minds and our hearts, and it is that Ruach which makes us vulnerable, which allows us to make what is what more often than not some very, very short-sighted decisions. It allows us to go ahead and to decide for the pleasure of some instant gratification to give up something that is more meaningful, something that is more everlasting, and ultimately what we know, what we know in our head to really be in our best interest. We should think about this because, again, we're going to be clapping our hate thousands of times over the next couple of weeks. And each and every time that we do so, we should really give some very, very serious thought and introspection to this idea that our hearts, again, metaphorically, play a very, very significant role in the decisions that we make. We can, we should try to refine not just our thinking, but our feeling. We should try to develop our emotional connection to ourselves, to the Rabbona Shalom. We should try to develop a stronger connection between our hearts. And the Torah, beautiful, beautiful psukim that we say each and every day, reminding us that there is such potential. If only we could figure out how to connect our hearts to Torah. That is the source. It is the source of, unfortunately, sin, and it is the place where the potential for tshuva really begins. The ability, the capacity to go ahead and to open our hearts. Of to go ahead and to purify our hearts so that we can serve Hashem from a place of genuine and sincere and honest tshuva. This is our avoda for this time of year and hopefully as we clap our hate again many, many times over the next couple of weeks we'll be able to keep this in mind and to continue to work to improve not only our thoughts in our head but the feelings and emotions that we have in our hearts. Thank you so much and have a wonderful